This is uh, this talk and various that we've, we've been looking at in this season uh, about how to share our faith. Yeah, um, looking at different aspects of that, and it's important that we do because Mike, like Mike said uh, last week, it's the reason that we're put on this earth. It's the reason we breathe is to share the gospel. I suppose otherwise, God might have arranged something where we just become Christians and then, you know, we're up there with him. Uh, But he leaves us here because he wants us to share our faith. We spend quite a bit of time thinking, what's God's big plan for my life? And it's just this. So in Matthew 28, for instance, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. It's go, go and make disciples. And in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. It's his command to the church and If Jesus was standing here today, visible in our presence, he'd be saying the same thing to you. You've got to go and make disciples. You've got to go and share your faith. You've got to go and be a witness to everything that God has done in your life. That's big stuff, isn't it? We can't just ignore that and just play church here and enjoy our worship and everything. We've got this big command. This is what the Lord wants us to do. It's why he called me is to be a witness to the people around me, to show his love, as we've been singing, to show his love to the world around us. I have a problem with that because I'm not very good at that. I can stand up here on a Sunday morning and speak to a crowd of people, and I, I quite enjoy that. I quite enjoy being up here and talking to you all. Um, that's, that's something that God's just given me. It's, it's a gift that I can do that. And if I talk to my wife, May, and ask her to come up and talk to a crowd of people for half an hour, she would be absolutely petrified, would you not, my dear? Yes? At having to do that. But to go and share my faith with perhaps a complete stranger, just to sit down next to them, hello Maggie, and start sharing my faith like that, that's, oh, I find that so difficult. I find it quite difficult just sort of rolling up to a friend and chatting to them, to be frank. It's just not my thing. Conversation is difficult. I really struggle with that. But May does that all the time. Witnessing just seems to flow out of her. She just does it every day. So we're all different. But God doesn't give us, he doesn't let me off because I struggle with it. His call on me is just the same. It's on all of us that we need to get out there and share our faith to a hungry world. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite May to come up. And just to start with, we're just going to have a little chat with her about the stuff that she does. Yeah, a very big round of applause. There you go, my dear. 
Oh, I'm shaking now. <laughs> so, mostly the way you share your faith is in your work, isn't it? So yes, do you want to tell the ladies and gentlemen what you do for a living? I'm an interpreter, so my job is uh, in hospitals mostly, but sometimes in schools for the parents or um, uh, home visits by the health visitors and so on, but mainly in the hospitals. Okay. Um, what, what languages? Um, I speak my mother tongue, which is Cantonese, and then I interpret in English to the medical, uh, the doctors and the nurses. Um, also Malay, because I was born in Malaysia. Okay. May actually has, she's, she's been kind of humble. She, she's got this incredible flair for languages. We went on holiday in Turkey and she's just learning words, so it's really important to her. She'll go up to Turkish people and sort of say, thank you in Turkish, which is, can you remember? There you go. See, I couldn't remember <laughs> that. <one> for... <laughs> <laughs> she's just got this affinity for language. But she's also got affinity for people, yeah? You've seen this in her since she's come to this church, don't you think? Yeah, those of you that know her, she's got this affinity for people. And I'm, I'm learning that constantly. So in Turkey, perhaps, I'm sort of trying to melt into the background and not be noticed as a tourist and stuff. And, uh, and May is just going up to people, saying whatever it was again, and, and just making that connection with people. It's a kind of instinct that I wish I had. Uh, perhaps I'll get her to pray for me afterwards, yeah? That I get more like that. Um, okay, so what's your typical day like then? Um, a typical day for me is um, I drive to um, a commute to Liverpool mostly, but sometimes uh, the Wirral, sometimes to Preston, Chorley, so it can be anywhere. So, um, and I wait with patience a lot because most of the time the, the appointment is just waiting. As you all know, you would have waited in, in the, the clinics um, to see the consultant. Um, and, um, but when you see them, when you see the doctor, it's just three minutes as short as that or up to 10 minutes. But yes, I, I sit a lot with my patients. Mm. And you just play on your phone for most of that time. <laughs> yes. There's been many times um, um, I, I'm going to arrive and I'm sitting there and I thought, oh, there's so much time. I can do so much on my phone. I can look at Facebook. I can do this and that stuff. But the Holy Spirit doesn't let me get away with that at all. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he would be whispering. You know, that's, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, that's key. Um, and in obedience, I would start conversation uh, with, with my patients. And then um, bef before long, I find that they're telling me their life stories. Mm. So that's how it is. That's, it, I, it may be very scary for some of you, but it's just, just naturally, uh, as, as you're talking to them, they just want to tell you because they're in this, a, a place of... Um, um, they're, they're scared, they don't know what they're going to get from the diagnosis and they're worried, they're concerned and that is, I find, the best soil mm. to, to sow uh, the seeds of the gospel. Yeah, it's a needy world, isn't it? And perhaps the hospital waiting room particularly. But everybody that we meet, they've got stuff going on in their lives, they've got issues, they've got difficulties, they've got hurts 
everyone. Um, and, and I think it's good that you talk to people first of all. You ask them for their life history. You're talking to them and, and they begin to feel comfortable in the presence. Yeah, you don't just sort of dive straight in with, you need to be saved, do you? <laughs> um, so that's, that's great. I was going to mention another thing as well, which I'll do now, is that the time that you, sp- you spend a lot of time driving, don't you? And you use that time? Yes, because I have to commute, um, and that is the time when I um, uh, have my quiet time with the Lord, and I will be praying in tongues, getting myself prepared, because I do not know what the day is going to bring me, but the Lord knows he's in charge, and he's in control, and every time um, I do that, I really find that he opens up the way. Yeah. I can remember reading a book by a lady called Jackie Pullinger, who uh, the Lord called her to minister in the streets of Hong Kong, right in the very rough areas of Hong Kong. Um, And at first, she wasn't baptized in the Spirit, and she she really struggled with uh, sort of getting any response from people. She was extremely brave about going up to the roughest-looking people and sharing the gospel with them but not much response. But then she got baptized in the Spirit, and she found that the more she prayed in tongues, she used to walk around just praying in tongues, and the more she did that, it kind of fine-tuned her spirit to what was going on, and it gave her an additional power when she was speaking, and she began to see more and more fruit as a result of that. So I think it's really important what you do there, praying constantly, and yeah. Yes, it is, because, uh, for example... May I share yeah, yeah. an example? Um, there was this couple whom I interpreted for. It was very quick. That was, there was no waiting time at all. Uh, straight away we were calling, and then straight after, they were about to leave. So I just asked, I just, just um, had the Holy Spirit asking me, to, you must ask this question. So I just asked very quickly, um, are, you, are you new to the UK? And they said, yes, um, they've just come over from Hong Kong because they're persecuted there. And there are a lot of them here as um, uh, British national overseas. They, they are allowed to stay here now. Um, so I just said, and, and they said, yes, we are. And then, um, then they said, um, is, how are you getting on? I just took the, the, the opportunity. And they said, um, we're very, very isolated. We're very lonely. And we don't know many people. So I just um, thought, I said, well, have you tried going to church? So that's just a random question. It was, at this time, the exception, I dived into it, like you said, because they were going to go. So I grabbed that opportunity, and he said, oh, right, uh, yes, I've heard of many of our friends going to church, but we're not sure. So I just encouraged them, and then gave them the contact of um, the Chinese church in Liverpool. Um, and uh, so I just hope for the best and pray for the best. Yes. And another time, there was another couple who were um, getting to know them and knowing that they're new as well. So I just said, um, are, you, uh, did you, are you Christian or, or whatever? It's just, it just flows out of my mouth um, because um, God is there with me. God gives me the strength and the bonus to ask these questions. Uh, which some people may never dream of saying. But, and then they say, oh, we used to go. So that was another good one that God has asked me to ask them because um, then, I, again, I directed them to the Chinese church and they said they will go. So that was very good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you want um, to yeah, carry on? And, um, but <laughs> we'd like to say, now, not every time it goes as smoothly as that. Sometimes I get patients who uh, would, when I start talking to them about God, and they'll say, no, not interested. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not even a Buddhist. I don't have any religion. I just believe in myself. And so, but um, amazingly, then they will, they will um, tell me their story. This is a long one, yes, a, a long hour awake. And I would start, they, they want to know my story too. So I started to share with them. Um, and then, of course, showing them that how God has been working in my life, you know. And um, you may be thinking, you know, right now, you are... You have lost someone, you may have lost a loved one, you may have separated from your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not in the best place, you know, to share the word of God in, in any, any circumstances. But in all our situation, God has something for you to share with your, yeah. your neighbors, your friends, and strangers like me. Uh, and uh, because... Uh, there was a time when I was able to share with this same patient, I saw her a few times repeatedly, and I was able to tell her what, how, I, how down I was when I lost my sister. My sister died almost 20 years ago, and she has lost her sister. So there was a connection, and God will give you the opportunities to share whatever mm. circumstances you are in. I mean, it said just now, in the song, uh, I fall short of words, but God will help you. God is there yes. to be with you. And, um, and this patient has yet to say that, you know, oh, um, I'm willing to believe or go to church. But um, she kept asking me all the time, every time I see her, um, how do you do this? You know, how did you get through that period? And I, I just say, it's God. God is there for me. God is there for all of us. It's brilliant. So, um, and I know that in the Bible it says, when the Holy Spirit is on you, you will have power. So that power includes boldness and saying the right words mm. the right time. Yeah, okay. brilliant. And you pray for people for healing, yes, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, and another time there was, um, in the, before they go into an operation theater, um, it's clearly they are afraid, they're very afraid that they will not wake up. And I'll, I'll say, um, do you mind me praying for you? Uh, then they say, oh no, of course you can pray for me. And then after that, after operation, they're very grateful. They know mm. that something um, has, has, hap has worked, that they, they felt um, yes. uh, not, not afraid anymore uh, when I prayed for them. And at other times, of course, uh, um, even if they're not Christians, I would say, can I pray for you? And the, always very willing to be prayed for and i'm sure that's the same with all your friends and neighbors and family because mm. they all need they all know they need deep down inside they know they need god even if they don't admit it right yes yes thank you my dear that's wonderful can we give her a She's better than me at public speaking as well. <laughs> the praying is important because 
Power is important. Those disciples, if you think about them, they had three years being trained by the best trainer in the universe, didn't they? Yeah? They spent three years with Jesus. He, he called them not to be members of a church. He said, come and be fishers of men, didn't he? Come and get men. Come and be, come and be witnesses. Come and catch people for the kingdom. That was what they were called to do. And they spent three years just following Jesus about, watching what he did, and they could copy him. You'd think that at the end of that time, they'd be kind of super evangelists if you had three years of having Jesus right alongside you, training you how to witness, you'd come out of that pretty superb. But when we look at the disciples, actually the final sort of, their their final year just before graduation, they were a bit of a mess, weren't they? Right at the end, they all deserted Jesus, they all kind of failed, they ran away. There wasn't one of them, really, that was able to stand up. I don't blame Peter at all when that, uh, was it a servant girl, said, you're one of them as well, aren't you? And he didn't have the courage. He bottled it. After three years of being with Jesus, he he, he failed. It's, It's not a bad thing to fail. We're all going to. We haven't had that like they had, and we're going to fail. And it's interesting that Jesus, having said to them, go into all the world, and having trained them, one of the last things he said to them was, don't go yet, just wait. What did they have to wait for? It was Pentecost, wasn't it? He said, wait until the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Because all the training, and we can do a lot of teaching in this church about how to go out and share your faith, you could spend time with an evangelist and, and let some of, of that rub off on you. But what we really need to be effective witnesses in spiritual places is an anointing from God, isn't it? We, we need to be full of the Spirit. That praying in tongues is really key. Praying for the people around us, uh, seeking God about them, is important. Uh, we need to have an anointing So they had to wait. Um, So what I really want to talk about then is that that bit, it's it's getting full of the Spirit so that we can go out in power. And we're going to look in a little while at a scripture. Um, It's a time when Jesus was in Jerusalem and it was the Feast of Tabernacles. I don't know why it was called tabernacles is an old-fashioned word, isn't it? You don't now, if you're going out camping, talk about getting your tabernacle ready. Um, It was a tent, yeah? The Feast of Tabernacles was the Feast of Tents. And what it was, was they were celebrating the, when the people of Israel came out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert, waiting to get into the Promised Land for a very, very long time. And they were just living in tents, that time. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, they're celebrating, they're remembering those times of wandering in the desert. It's not a bad thing to think back about where you have come from, yeah? Um, the, the things God brought you through to get to where you are now. As May was saying, some of those things God put there so that you can share. I've been through that as well. 
think, why did God put me through such a tough time? It's really key sometimes in, in giving us um, something to talk about with, with the people as we share God's power. So this Feast of Tabernacles would last for seven days. I read somewhere that what they used to do during that time is pray for the nations around them. And on the final day, the seventh day, they would pray for the nation of Israel. But what they'd mainly do, and it sounds great fun, is they'd all move out of their houses and live in tents. They'd build tents on the roofs of their houses, flat roofs, put a tent up there, or in their backyards, in their gardens, on the street, in the squares. Everybody used to come to Jerusalem, and they'd move out and live in these tents, um, which for the kids must have been fantastic fun. <laughs> Maybe not for the parents. but uh, So that was going on in Jerusalem at the time we're going to read about. Um, And on the last day, apparently, they used to go down to where there was a pool in Jerusalem and they'd draw out water and they'd take it up to the temple and they'd pour it out there from this big jar. They'd pour it out uh, as an offering on the altar in the temple. So there are crowds of people following this, the biggest celebration of the year. And... And in the middle of that, Jesus appears. And we're just going to read from John chapter 7, verse 37. John 7, 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Is anyone thirsty? That just caught my attention again when I read that recently. Is anyone thirsty? And it made me think, how thirsty am I for the things of God? Am I just, am I, it's easy to have been very thirsty in my youth and then later on just kind of get so used to the flow of of church and stuff I lose the passion that I originally had for him. Is anyone thirsty? So if Jesus was standing here today and was looking right into your eyes and saying, are you thirsty for me? Are you really thirsty? I know you're a little bit thirsty or you wouldn't be here this morning, probably. Yeah, there's some thirst inside of you for the things of God. But are you really, really thirsty? really, really thirsty for him. Because if you are, that's going to affect the whole way you live your life, isn't it? You're going to be hungry, you're going to be thirsty for more of God. And we know that if you're thirsty for God, then he's going to meet with you and you're going to have an experience of God that you wouldn't otherwise. So that's a challenge to us this morning. How thirsty are you? I've been thirsty most of my life, I think, because I don't like drinking water. 
nowadays it's easy because I can have lemonade in the fridge and I can just buy lemonade. But when I was a kid, I was actually at boarding school and <coughs> there was no lemonade, believe me. There was occasionally what they called tea, but I don't think it was really. It, it was in a huge sort of uh, a huge metal teapot thing and it would pour out and it would be a sort of grey colour and it was revolting, but I was so thirsty, I'd, I'd have anything. Just, uh, you know, um, I should have got to like water, shouldn't I? I? I could not understand why God had created water like that. Why couldn't he at least give it some flavour? You know, it wouldn't have been difficult for him. I can remember a time recently, we were in Turkey actually, um, from our hotel, which was up a sort of mountainside in Izmir, and we could look out over the bay. Uh, it's a beautiful bay, which has got kind of promenade all the way around. It's about the size of Manchester, Izmir. It's huge, and this bay is massive. But looking from our hotel, we could see down on the promenade in the distance, probably about half a mile away, I suppose, uh, another hotel, and, and one day we decided to set out and walk to that hotel so that we'd be on, and then we were going to walk along the seafront and, and so on. Uh, so we set out in the blazing heat of midday, like Englishmen do, and uh, we got, it didn't have phone connections, so I was trying to, tried to work out on a map where we were going to go. It looked a straightforward road. Uh, we got about halfway to this hotel, we could see it closer, but still in the distance, and then there was a motorway cutting right in front of us. Well, it was a big dual carriageway, three lanes going both ways, and no way, nowhere to cross at all. So we, nothing we could do but turn left and sort of trek. I think we went about a mile before we found a bridge that we could get over. And then we were thinking we'd be able to cut across, but we couldn't. It was blocked for something. So we had to trek a mile back this way in the blazing heat. Uh, and so when we finally got to that hotel, sort of staggered in and, and got an ice-cold Coke straight away. That was the best drink I've ever had, believe me. It was ice-cold and beautiful. Uh, so God's challenging us today. How thirsty are you? Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I love that he's got drink for you. You're thirsty for him. He's got plenty to satisfy that thirst, yeah? In him. The hungrier, the thirstier you get for God, he's never going to say, well, that, that's kind of it for somebody like you. That's, that's your level. There's always more in God. You can be thirstier this morning than you are now, yeah? You just need to reach out and ask God to make you thirstier. Don't settle back, yeah? Let's not do that. Let's, let's be a church that's really thirsty after God. So when it's prayer meeting time, we're thirsty, we're turning up, we're listening for God, we're seeking him, we're seeking his presence, we're turning up to connect groups because we want more of God. We're opening our Bibles in the morning and praying that we'll see more, we'll hear more from God, we're thirsty for more of him, reading stuff, talking to people about him all the time. And as we do that, the next bit is going to come more and more true, Yeah. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers. God's got rivers for us. Yeah? So that made me look at my life and say, could I really say that from my life, there's a river flowing out 
to the people around me. There's a river of life, you are thinking to yourself right now, Jeff, yes. Um, there, there should be, now this, this word in, in Greek, the, it's, it really is river. It's the same Greek word that, you know, the parable Jesus told about the house that was built on sand and, and torrents came from above and below and just sort of swept it away. Same word, yeah, rivers. It's an easy word to remember, actually. The Greek word is, what was it again? <laughs> it, it's potamos, from which we get hippopotamus, yeah? Which actually in Greek, for some bizarre reason, is river horse. Hippo is horse. So hippopotamus is actually a river horse. Don't ask me why the Greeks were weird. But, but potamos is is river, it's a flowing river, it's a flooding river, it's a torrent of a river, and God's plan for you is get thirsty enough so that you've got a torrent flowing out from you. And when that's begun to happen to us, then things start happening, because if you stand in a torrent, you're gonna go with it, aren't you? So the people around us are gonna get flooded with the presence of God, that's his plan for us, yeah? It's not just a trickle of a stream, it's a flood. And God wants that for us now, because he's saying, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. And as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being will flood, will torrent rivers of water. Amen. I want that. I want that. That will sweep away my fear of talking to strangers, because there's a flood coming out of me. I want that. I need that in my life. We were talking, we were singing about there's a lion inside of you. Yeah? And, and we are bright lights of the presence of God. We're the fragrance of God. You know, we walk into a place uh, and, and the fragrance of God can fill the room with us just because of what the Holy Spirit's done in our lives. You almost don't need to say anything, but you do need to say anything. You do need to say something when you're with non-Christians, or they'll just think you're a regular good guy, and they won't attribute it to Jesus Christ. But as soon as you start saying, this is because Jesus has filled my life and made all these changes in my life, and he can do the same in you, then they know why we're different. Yeah? I think that there are three streams of this river that's flowing out from each one of us as we reach out to him. One of those is a stream of refreshment to yourself. And I'm just wondering if this morning there's some people who think, I haven't even got to that stage of reaching out to other people. I'm still struggling in myself. I'm tired in myself. I'm so stressed in myself. I haven't got energy left for all that kingdom stuff. If you're thirsty for God, there's a river this morning that is going to refresh you, okay? So when we come to sing a bit nearer the end, if that's you, you could come up the front and we'll just pray that God will refresh you. That river is a flowing refreshment into your life and it can happen this morning because you're gonna come to him thirsty for him to do something.
Remember, Jesus said, in fact, it sounds like a bit of a contradiction, but he said to that woman, everyone who drinks this water, this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's got drink for you. You never need to be thirsty again. You never need in your spirit to feel dry and tired and under it because he's going to be a well of living water. But life is life, and it can easily dry up. Yeah, The humdrum of life can just clog up that stream. So maybe you, today, you can get rid of that. You can feel floods of water into your own life. The second stream is that the Holy Spirit wants to do stuff in us as a people of God. It's a stream, it's a river to refresh the people of God as we reach out to him, yeah? Psalm 46, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. I don't think, we we know about this, but I think we're just scraping the surface of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our church. Do you think that? Yeah? We just need to get thirstier, yeah? We need to be striving after God more, seeking him individually and as a church together, and God's going to do amazing things. It's going to be rivers out of all of us. God could do so much to... uh, minister to one another. So if God gives you something on a Sunday morning, he's giving you water to give people. So make sure you get up here and share it because there's a river and it's going to refresh people, yeah? If you've, somebody's down and you're talking to them, just take the time to pray with them. There's a river inside of you of refreshment into other people's lives. Don't miss the connect group because God's given you stuff to give to people, to share with people, to pray with people. It's really important. It's like God gives you a gift to, to sort of, I can remember that as sort of little kids, you'd say at Christmas Day, this is a present for mummy. And you'd give the present to the kid and the kid would head off more or less in mummy's direction. But in the end, settle down and start opening the present for themselves. Yeah, and we do that with God. He gives us something; it blesses our socks off. But really, He's given it to us to get up there and bless everybody with. Yeah, so we want to do that, don't we? Because we want the river to flow out from all of us. Yeah, and so there's ministry that that God's investing in all of us. Let there be a river flowing here for the church. And finally. Of course, the main purpose of this, the reason, like Mike said, that we breathe is for this river to touch a very, very thirsty world out there. You might say, like I do, but I'm so shy, I find it's really difficult to do. If only I was a little bit more extrovert, this would all be a much easier game to play. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. 
We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death, or if you like, the suffering of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. My daughter Emily, who's also here, bless you dear, um, she likes to illustrate, she, she draws beautifully and she illustrates, rather than take notes in meetings, she tends to draw pictures of what she's seeing. And one of those that she has is just based on this verse. And it's, it's three, I think it's three pots, three clay pots that she's drawn. And, and on one of them is, is a sort of hard-pressed but not crushed. And on another one is perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned, yeah? On those, those pots. Because God loves to take people who are not good at stuff. Samson, for instance, who was, I imagine, kind of weak, but at the power that God gave him. God wants to take nervous and shy people and make them extraordinary with the stuff they've got to share, yeah? So it's for you. And you can do it in the power of the Spirit with that river flowing. Every one of us can do this. And we, it's not going to be like a little sprinkling on the people around us just because I'm shy. But the, the river of God is going to flow out to people and impact their lives. It's going to sweep them off their feet, guys, isn't it? We have this incredible message and it's matched with incredible power I just want to go through, this is closing, in Isaiah 61, which Jesus himself read out, just tells us a bit about the kind of message that we have inside us to bring to a thirsty world. The prophet says, and Jesus himself said it, and it's true for us as well, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because I was thirsty and I asked God and he filled me up and there's a river flowing. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. He's chosen me to do this stuff, yeah? And what he's chosen me to do is to proclaim good news to the poor. There's wealthy people out there, but they're all poor. They don't know Jesus. We've got incredible good news for the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There's brokenhearted people out there. You've got a message that will bind them up. What a great thing to be able to do. To proclaim freedom to captives, breaking those chains. Release from darkness for the prisoners. Hallelujah. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's now God's favor is here for you people, for people that don't know God. His favor is here. Uh, and the day of vengeance of our God, there's judgment coming. This is great, to comfort all who mourn. He's a comforting spirit that we have to share with people who are grieving. To provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I think one of the things Mike mentioned was about beauty, making things beautiful for him. And what a ministry to go out there to a, an ugly world with something that's beautiful and wonderful and proclaim it to them, yeah, and bring them into it. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. 
and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It says they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I just love the flow of those words, oaks of righteousness. Uh, Look around this room and I can see oaks of righteousness, a forest here. But God wants more, yeah? He wants us to have more people in here, more oaks of righteousness for the display of his splendor. That's what God wants for our church, the display of his splendor. In fact, if you look in Ephesians, you can find out that the whole purpose of the church is for the display, the manifold wisdom of God. It's to display to the whole world how marvelous our God is because he can do these things through us, yeah, to the needy world around us. Hallelujah. Let's just pray, shall we? Father God, I'm thirsty for you. You know, looking into my heart, I'm thirsty for you. But I want to be much more thirsty. I want to be passionate about you. I want you to keep a fire burning in my soul for yourself. Because I want the years that are ahead of me to be more productive, more of a river than what I've so far experienced in you. And we all pray that together, don't we? Yes, we do. I think it would be good if we reached up our hands just to sort of as a symbol. And if you're really thirsty, you'll reach them up high. Just thirsty for God. Lord, look at these people reaching out for you. And as they reach out, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just come down on them, each one, each hand in power, Lord, as we reach out for you, that you'll make us thirstier, The Holy Spirit anointing, like it fell at Pentecost, will fall on each one of us, Lord, so that we tumble out of the rooms that we're in into a thirsty world, into thirsty streets, and see many, many multitudes of people come to know you, Lord, through each one of us. I pray, Lord, that you'll make us the fragrance of Jesus, the light of Jesus, that we won't hide your light that you've given us, Lord, but that we'll shine it out to this thirsty, hungry, blind world to bring More people, Lord, into your kingdom in these days. We reach out to you, Lord, and we pray it in Jesus' name because, Jesus, you're our king, you're our Lord, and you can do so much through us, Lord. And so we ask you now in faith that you'll change us, that you'll make us dynamite in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. Thank you.